Just... Welcome everyone to Lessons with Mike. This is another fun episode with a brand new special guest. It's Hannah. Hello. There she is right there. So we're going to talk about some all sorts of fun stories. Uh, so yeah, what's the first fun story? So these are the some of the craziest things that have happened in my life. I feel like we should start off with something that is kind of lighthearted. Um, well, lighthearted for everyone except for the eight-year-old that I dumped a ton of drinks over her head. <laughs> so this is when I was a waitress um, right before college. And um, it was a huge table, like 15 people. I'm carrying out all of the drinks and I trip and I spill all of the drinks over the eight-year-old's head and all the glasses hit her and some of them break on the ground. And then she has to go and change into one of her dad's giant shirts and co they come back and sit down. I serve them all of the food. I'm crying throughout it. Like, <laughs> like oh, no. just completely crying because I feel absolutely horrible. And then um, I think it's finally over and they're like, oh, they ordered a cake to be delivered to the restaurant. You have to bring it out and sing happy birthday. And so I bring it out and I start singing happy birthday through my tears and I almost dropped the cake on her head. Oh, well, see, that wouldn't be good. <laughs> no, it was, it was not good. The uncle grabbed it just in time and puts it down on the table and they're like, thank you. You can leave now. Yeah, you can go. Just, we're done with you. <laughs> that one wasn't so bad. You probably traumatized a child, but you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's when I realized waitressing wasn't for me. Yeah, good, good choice. <laughs> and that I was never going to do it again. I was never uh, a waiter, but I was a volunteer server a number of places for rich people. Rich people are really rude. Like, well, the ones I dealt with. This one lady was like, oh, I'm going to go take your plate. And she smacked my hand and was like, no, sir, I'm not done yet. Well, ma'am, there's nothing on your plate. I'm going to put more stuff on it. So, well, you're not supposed to do that. But, but okay. <laughs> She's going to go back in the kitchen herself yeah. and get more stuff. She just barges in there. Excuse me. Excuse me. Demands more food immediately. Free of charge, of course. Yes, of course. Because that's how rich people stay rich. They yeah. don't pay for anything. This steak was cooked one degree too cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it's it's too small. Um, I ate it and I'm still hungry. So you so I shouldn't still have to owe me another it. steak. Yeah. Obviously. That was story number one. <laughs> Hopefully story number two has less child trauma. <laughs> this one has less child trauma and more trauma for my old boss. Oh. <laughs> so um, the next story I'll, I'll talk about is um, so I was planning a company event. I was asked to be on a committee at a, a at a previous job. And um, it was me, three other girls, and then the man who ran our whole department were sitting on a Zoom call. And in the background of one girl's Zoom call, we see a woman walk across the screen completely naked. And she was also an employee of the company. And the Zoom video was on for a good five to seven seconds before the girl realized her sister was naked in the background and was able to turn off the video camera. So she had been working naked and her boss's boss's boss and coworkers had just seen her 
And um, she promptly one week later left the company. Well, you know, I think I would have stayed. That'd be a fun story. I'd be like, well, all of you have seen me naked. So, you know, there's nothing really to happen at this point. <laughs> um, my boss at the time definitely pretended that he didn't see it. He was uh, eyes towards the ceiling, looking around like, oh, what's on that ceiling? Yeah, that, those specks on the ceiling, were those always there? That's <laughs> interesting. We're going to have to do something. Oh, what's this? Uh, oh, you're, you need a uh, well. Mm. Even when we talked to him later, we, we were like, uh, we, we weren't really sure how to bring it up. We were like, um, so how was the zoom meeting and he was like think it went pretty good pr productive i i would guess and you could tell he had obviously seen it just on the way he was acting but that's i've accidentally seen several people naked it's a weird thing that happens in my life where i don't try to it just it, it's it just happens so please tell me more about this michael well, the, the people will hand me their phones and show me their vacation photos for instance and they'll be the ones swiping they'll be like now look here oh i swiped too far don't look at that ma'am you were the one swiping i was just standing here is this at at work yes oh <laughs> And there have been times when people have sent me, like years ago, people would send me photos of themselves naked. They'd send me things like, don't open that. What do you mean? And I would open it. You were naked. Why would you send me that? That's not appropriate. Well, I told you not to open it. That means I'm going to open it immediately. What's wrong with you? Yeah, never tell Mike not to do something because he will immediately do it. That, if you tell me not to do something, that's a sign that I have to do it. I mean, come on. It's basic. <laughs> Okay. Story number three. Okay. So um, this was a story of one of the many, many bad dates that I've had. Mm -hmm. um, so I was working at the same restaurant where I spilled the drinks over the child. And one of the chefs uh, and the, one of the line cooks was pretty cute. And he asked me for my number and we texted a little bit. And then he asked me to go on a date with him. And, um, on top of asking me to buy him cigarettes, which I bought for him. That was so nice of you. <laughs> yeah, a little too nice. So he asked me to buy him cigarettes, bought him cigarettes. We get to this restaurant and he orders appetizers. He orders like three or four different entrees. He orders um, wine. He orders desserts multiple desserts the bill is like 180 dollars and then um the bathroom he's like i'm gonna run to the bathroom and the bathroom was right by the exit so he goes to the bathroom in air quotes no he just left the restaurant and he texts me from outside and he's just like come use the restroom with me and he was asking me to dine and dash um, and I was like, no, I'm not going to dine and dash. My family friends owned the restaurant. They knew who I was. I'm not going to dine and dash. They'll tell my parents. And even then, I'm still not going to dine and dash. And so with what little money I had, I paid for the bill. And then the only thing on my mind was how can I get back at this guy? So um, I'm driving him past the gas station and I was like, hey, you want to run in for another pack of cigarettes? I handed him $7. He runs in for another pack of cigarettes, leaves his phone in the car. I'm like, 
perfect. So I leave him stranded at the gas station. I take his phone. I look through his phone and I try and find whoever I can text and tell something embarrassing to. And I think I texted his mom and said that he had dined and dashed and made some girl pay $180. And then um, I think I also texted an ex who he was still talking to and told her that uh, he just went on a date with another girl. And then I threw his phone in the lake behind my house and he was so mad at me, but I was like, you have no right to be mad. And he, he left the restaurant restaurant that we were working at pretty soon after. I think he got fired, but I'm not sure. Oh, what a story. Yes. I, I've never been on a date that bad, but um, there was one date I went on and you know, you might not think of this now because I'm married, but back in the day, I used to go on quite a few dates. Jason can <laughs> confirm this. He's over there in the corner eating Bojangles. I'm not sure why he's laughing. This is very true. <laughs> and uh, Mr. Kendall Pearson, we're going to reference you in this episode because I texted you. I'd be like, hey, this girl is picking me up and we're going to Walmart. I didn't have a license then, so I had to convince all my dates to come pick me up. I was very good at that. So same with the guy that yeah. I went to pick him up. I drove... 30 minutes to go pick him up and 30 minutes back to where we were having our date, too. Oh, that too. was so nice of you. He did not He did not deserve it. No, not at all. Most most guys don't. But anyway, so the girl picks me up. We get to the Walmart, and I text Kendall to meet me there just in case I don't like her so I can leave with Kendall instead. And I meet Kendall in the uh, probiotic section of the Walmart. And I say to uh, the girl, I say, hey, I think I see someone I know. I'm going to go say hi. You wait here. And she said, oh, okay. So I went over to Kendall. I said, hey, Kendall. Uh, no, I'm actually having a good time. You can go. And Kendall was like super tired because like I made him, he didn't have any sleep that day. And I still made him meet me at the Walmart. Uh, but he was such a good friend for doing that. Shout out to Kendall. But no, then uh, I had a great time and I uh, never spoke to the girl again. Well, she spoke to me, but I never spoke back. So. Why did you just not text her back? <laughs> well, she was weird. She was just a little strange. I mean, she was fun. But anyway, what's your story number four? Okay, let's see. So this one is kind of a scare, not super scary, but it was scary in the moment. And it just uh, says a lot about cops, I guess. Um, so I went to Target. I was, I was home from college visiting my family. I went to Target just to pick up a few things. And this really creepy, tall, bald man in like a long black coat comes up to me. And he was like, aren't you pretty? And I was like, thank you. And then I um, started walking away and he keeps talking to me. And I make small talk for another couple seconds. And then I say, yeah, I, I really got to go. I go and I, I walk around the store. I get what I need to get, looking behind me, making sure I don't see him. And I saw him checking out. And I was like, oh, thank God he's leaving. And at, I waited until after he had checked out and walked out the door. And then I checked out and I waited a few minutes. And then I walked out the door and, and I he left. he was there. Give me a second. <laughs> so I drive um, maybe 15 minutes downtown to this guitar store because I was going to get a gift for my dad. And he was there. Yes, actually. <laughs> so he, I leave the guitar store after getting what I needed to get. And I see him sitting in his car and I run. I get in my car as fast as I can and I drive off and I 
I just keep like swerving down different streets until I don't see him following me. And he was following me the whole time. And um, I finally get to where I, I don't see him and I think it's going to be okay. And I go to get gas because I was so low on gas. I was like, I'm so glad I made it. I could have stopped and he could have caught up with me. Um, I get gas and he pulls up at the gas station and he somehow knows that I'm about to travel to South Carolina to visit my grandparents. He knows who my dad is and he knows my name. He must and be a good friend of the family. <laughs> yeah, I wish. And I'm so freaked out. I barely put any gas in my car before I tear away, drive around. And then after like 30 minutes of just driving around, I finally like go home and pull my car into the garage um, where my parents usually would park. And I run inside and I'm crying and I'm like, we need to call the police. And I had the license plate of the guy. So I tell them and they were like, okay, we'll look into it. They look into it he, the guy tells them that he did speak with me, that he did see me at the gas station, but it couldn't have been him at Target because I told him I was there about 4, 4.15. He wasn't there till 4.30, 4.45. And so obviously it couldn't have been him. And the police were like, obviously it couldn't have been him because he was, he was there later than you said, but he did say he spoke to you and stuff, but, um, it couldn't have been him. So you're just lying. Oh. And and that basically just showed me <laughs> that was my first instance of knowing like you probably can't trust cops. Women have it a lot more difficult than men. I've never been stalked, I don't think. There have Why, been several, too many stories. Several women have approached me in public because I'm a very attractive man. And they've made compliments. <laughs> this is true. I'm not sure why you're laughing. This has happened multiple times. Typically, older women, single, in their late 60s, they walk up to me and they make really inappropriate comments. I swear this is true. Patients at work do this all the time. It's never women our age or younger women or even middle-aged women. It's always older women. I can believe that. Yeah, like one older woman. This is the creepiest interaction I've ever had with one. She she reached up to me and said, oh, you're just so pretty. Oh, you have a little something on your face. And she like rubbed my cheek. And I backed away because I was a little creeped out. And she said, oh, you don't have to be scared of me. And then she gave me this really creepy smile. And Ew. Then, and then I was like, I've got to go. So then I left. Did you have something on your face? No. <laughs> Not at all. Her hand. That was the something on your face. <laughs> Let's see. what There was an interaction I had with the police. I was allegedly trespassing. <laughs> allegedly and we were on the swings having a grand old time just swinging on the swings and then all of a sudden keep in mind it was dark but the gate was open so we didn't break in because the gate was open and the cop says you're trespassing we could arrest you and i said oh i don't think you should do that the cop <laughs> was like yeah you're right and then i left <laughs> wow that's a good cop <laughs> <laughs> there's good cops and there's bad cops. I think cops. his exact words were, well, it's late and I'm tired and want to go home. So, yeah, I won't arrest you. <laughs> you hear that, folks? Catch a cop when they're tired and, and then, maybe they won't do their yeah. job. <laughs> okay. Story number five. So this one is, is, I would say, along the same vein as the last story. So... I was coming home. So when I was younger, I lived in, in Paris. My family moved there um, due to my dad's job. And I was maybe eight or nine, 10 when we were there. 
I was walking home from the grocery store with my mom and we would always grab our groceries in this cart that we could roll behind us. And um, we were walking along and we kept seeing this man following us. And we were like, maybe he's just walking towards our building. Maybe he's not really following us. But whenever we would turn around, he would start hiding like behind a tree or pretending like he was not looking like a whole movie, like a child's movie. But um, he was following us and we started walking faster and then we started running and he was chasing us. And we get to where we get to our building and to get in the building, you had to punch in two codes, one to get into the lobby area and one to get into the actual apartments Um so I punch in the code as fast as possible and my mom's like, run, go punch in the other code. And she tried to pull the door shut before the guy could get there, but he starts pulling back. And so my mom runs when I finally get the door open and she tries to pull that door as I run six flights up to our apartment. Um, we're running and he's chasing us. He has a knife and it, we get to about the fourth floor and this old man is walking out of his apartment. He sees us and he's asking like, what's going on? What's going on? And we're like, let us in your apartment, let us in your apartment. And so he see like kind of sees that we're really panicked. So he just lets us in his apartment and he's trying to ask what's going on. And we're like, shh. And um, we hear the guy keep running and trying to open different doors. And, we're just sitting there silently trying to wait until he leaves. And finally he does leave. And we were so panicked and we explained to this poor old man that we just traumatize more, more trauma. <laughs> a lot of trauma in these stories. I feel like that's yeah. a recurring theme here. It's a theme in my life. <laughs> but we explained to him what was going on. We called the police and then, um, and then our food arrives. Perfect. The food's here. We will resume this story after the transition. we're back after those great transitions <laughs> the food was delicious i personally didn't eat but getting to watch everyone else eat really made me happy i like seeing all my friends uh what's the opposite of hungry uh whatever that is satiated satiated i like seeing my friends satiated what kind of word is that? hey you're not in this episode shush <laughs> so <laughs> to we, finish off the story yes last i remember uh you scared an old man yeah, well, we explained he was glad he was there to help. We called the police. No mumbling in the background from the peanut gallery. Your episode is next. Be patient. No. <laughs> but anyways, called the police and um, they did not find the guy. However, um, a few weeks after that happened, there was a murder right outside my apartment, wow. so it could have been that guy. You never know. Just think, you could have been murdered. Yeah, but I wasn't. I'm glad you weren't murdered because you brought Bradley back into my life. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm yeah, that's the only benefit. <laughs> no, no, you're great. You're great. Uh, I, I've never been chased around in Paris. I've actually never been to, to France or outside of the countries. That's a pretty cool story. I, yeah. <laughs> um. Well, it was actually kind of my fault that we moved to France. Is it now? <laughs> yes. So um, my parents made the stupid decision to tell a uh, third grade Hannah that 
uh, my dad had been offered the option to move to France with his job. And I was like, wow, I'm going to tell everyone. And they're like, don't do that, please. And then you did it. Uh, yeah, they, yeah, I definitely did it. I told everyone at school that we were moving to France for sure. And my parents were like, we might consider moving to France, maybe. And I'm like, we're, we're doing it for sure. And then at an open house, my the owner of the company my dad worked for walked up, shook my dad's hand and was like, congrats on accepting the offer to move to France. And my dad was like, yes, sir, moving to France. That's what I'm doing. And then we moved to France. <laughs> wow, I can't believe you made your family move to France. <laughs> it's all my fault, but it's, it's okay. Now I'm trilingual and now we have a lot of stories. That's good. I love stories. Did you eat snails? Um, No, I never tried snails, but I tried squid and i tried horse i've never tried horse what does it taste like um it's it's okay it's real it's kind of tough like how did they cook it is it like a like a steak made of horse or i don't know it was in my cafeteria in france and it was really horrible and <laughs> and we were kind of you could say it was horseable but that'd be horse play <laughs> nay <laughs> nay nay i say <laughs> I actually have another story in that happened to me while I was in France. Yes, continue. So, um, every year when I was in France, we did a field trip, um, and we would go to the south of France to this place called Bessege, and we would do kayaking and camping and just uh, mining for gems and um, all of these different fun things. And um, they didn't have like a washer or dryer or anything. So when we went kayaking, we all fell in the lake on purpose and started swimming in the lakes. It was a super hot day. It was a very fun time. But we had to go back and hang all our clothes outside over our balconies to dry. And um, the next day I came out to get my clothes and I found all my stuff except for my underwear. Um, I'm looking around. I don't know where my underwear are. And later on, some people, some young boys were pointing up at the flagpole laughing because there's a pair of frilly pink underwear hanging from the flagpole. And I knew immediately that those underwear were mine. Now, how did they get there? Um, the wind must have blown them <laughs> and they were on top of the flagpole. So my male teacher climbs the flagpole and grabs my underwear, brings them down, and walks over and hands them to me. What a nice man. <laughs> In front of everyone. He's not that nice. He made a really big deal about it, too. This He didn't think he could do it. He was climbing that flagpole. He was like, damn you, Marie, I'll show you. I can do it. Marie's just a generic French name that I made up. What name? Marie. Marie? That, Marie. that sounds like a, a female's name. Yeah, that's what I said. A generic French French lady's name that I made up. It was a man. No, I know that, but the man, never mind. <laughs> his name was Numa. Okay, it doesn't matter what his name is. It was a joke. <laughs> I'm sure someone will get that if you didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't get it. Someone might get it. I wasn't really paying attention to what you're saying. She doesn't listen when other people talk. It's a bad habit of hers. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking too much about what I'm going to say. I'm very selfish. That's okay. We're going to continue on. What's the next story? Oh my gosh. Let's see here. Um, oh, so, um, when I was younger, like before I moved to France, I was maybe seven or eight, 
my family, every Sunday we would go to this Mexican restaurant and on special occasions, my dad would let us get a treat, like a non-alcoholic strawberry daiquiri or something like that. This was one of those days. And I, I had gone to the bathroom. He ordered it for me. And it was one of those big fishbowl strawberry daiquiris. I come back, I taste it. And I'm like, this tastes weird. My parents both taste it. They're like, it doesn't taste weird at all. And that was because they're used to drinking margaritas, daiquiris with alcohol. I was not at being seven or eight years old. I would be old. alarmed if you were used to that at seven or eight. <laughs> no, my parents were hardcore. They let us drink seven or eight. <laughs> so I drink the whole fishbowl thing and I am feeling great. And they're like, would you like another one? And to my dad. And he was like, sure, hands it over to me. And the guy freaks out, the waiter freaks out. He's like, oh my God, that has alcohol. Did she drink that? Like that, that it's not a virgin. And um, yeah, I was very, very drunk and I was very, very hungover the next day. And that was the first time I was ever drunk was when I was seven or eight years what old. What a great story. I wasn't drunk until I was like 19-ish. I think maybe 20-ish, one of those numbers. Yeah, the next yeah. next time I was drunk, I was I was 20. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I may have I may have been uh you know one of those drunks as a kid, but I Yeah. You overcame your addiction. I overcame it. Those yep. AA meetings really paid off. <laughs> You showed up one day to preschool, drunk, and just hitting people and knocking over the bean bags. <laughs> I think I was more like third grade, but okay. <laughs> I don't know how time works. Are there any more stories? One final story to conclude the the story episode. Um, this is another really bad date story. Oh, fun! So. Um... I was in college and I had just gotten out of like a long relationship in high school. So I was ready to do something fun and, you know, meet some people. And I get to the restaurant where I'm meeting this guy and his name was, and he's a cop who worked don't in, want to say his name. <laughs> yeah, well, of course I do. Okay. <laughs> he was a cop who worked near my school and he sucks. Um, anyway, well, that's not very nice. <laughs> um, well, you're about to see why he sucks. Okay. So I show up to the date and I sit down and he's like, oh, you do look as good as your photos. And I was like, thanks. And, um, then he says, just so you know, I've slept with 17 women and every single woman I've dated has sleeps with me every single night. And if you want food, you're going to sleep with me too. That's, well, that's the way this nice. works. And I was like, I was like, oh, of course. And I knew right then and there, I was not going to sleep with him, but I was definitely going to get dinner. So I had me a great dinner and tried to ignore him and his misogynistic pig-headed comments and then i said i forgot something in the car went out to my car and i left Aww. and i never saw him again <laughs> good for you you know as a man when i go on dates i too brag about the number of people i've slept with now keep in mind i'm married and at this point i only go on dates with my wife and i've only slept with my wife but every time i go on a date with my wife i say i've only ever slept with you but that's kind of sweet. <laughs> I'm sure she likes that. I'm sure she's annoyed by it. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to be nice. <laughs> she, she's annoyed by a lot of weird things I do, but she loves me anyway. 
Aww. Yeah. Well, that's the end of the story episode. Thanks for listening to the stories. This is the end of the episode now. Hannah, do you have any final things you'd like to say? Okay, bye. All right, bye.